Hello and welcome to Webhead's Comic Club. This is our new podcast. He's laughing. He's trying to hold it back. I can <laughs> see you. Those, You're trying. Those, 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 You're the, trying. The name of this podcast. Those yeah, Webhead's, Webhead's Comic Club. Uh, episode one, so we are nervous and all of that. We don't know what the heck we're doing here, but I am your co-host, DA, DA Comics, uh, joined by... JP. JP. Plain and simple. Of JP Creations. So we two two two-lettered names, DA and JP. Yep. Uh, so this is a new thing that we're going to be doing. We are longtime Amazing Spider-Man collectors and readers, uh, as some of you may know. Some of you may not even know us. Uh, but for this podcast, we had a realization that we have not read every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man. We have not. At least I haven't. I don't know if you have. I definitely have no, not. No, that would be quite the achievement. Yeah. So as part of, I guess, the hype of Spider-Man No Way Home and everything going on, we decided it was time to tackle those comic books that we've never read. So we are going to be reading through every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man, starting all the way from where it began at Amazing Fantasy 15 up to current, which we're almost up to issue 900 now. So yeah, it is a uphill battle because <laughs> how many times, how many times a month are these coming out right now? Uh, like, like every, like every, three, every other day, like three times a month. Yeah. But, I mean, we're reading five issues an episode, so technically we catch up over time. I didn't, right? I didn't do the math on it, so... It's a lot of but, episodes. It's a lot of episodes. So there will be plenty of webheads to come. Um, but the whole point of this is it's kind of like a comic book club. So we're going to be reading about five issues per episode. So any of you guys listening or watching at home, you can read along with us. So if you want to do that, pause this episode now and go read Amazing Fantasy 15 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 5. Uh, and that's what we're going to be discussing this episode. We're going to be doing these every week. Every week. Why are, you look, yeah, why are you looking at me? I mean, I agree to it. We're going to try to do every week. Now, whether JP sticks to every week, we'll see. If well, we mean JP. <laughs> Our longtime viewers that know us are like, okay, we'll see you in three years. Like, that's... <laughs> that's right, exactly. That's why I say we're trying to stick to some consistency. We're trying, you know, we're going to be going every week. I think doing this in podcast format. Uh, we're going to be trying to do it pretty legitimately. So uh, you can see these every single Monday uh, right here on my YouTube channel, DA Comics, uh, and also on some podcast platforms. I don't know as of yet which platforms they will be on. We're shooting for uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So you can listen to these as podcasts or you can watch them on YouTube if you want to see our ugly faces uh, and do it that way. But okay, I'll speak for myself. Yeah, you can see yeah. my ugly face. Uh, and JP's beautiful face, but um, my 480p camera. But yeah, we're gonna be diving through and discussing each issue, and kind of talking about our favorite moments, and talk about a bit of the history of Spider-Man. So if you've never read Spider-Man, maybe you've never read a comic book in your life, and you want to know a little bit more about Spider-Man's history, uh, you can come through, and we'll tell you more about it. But I highly recommend you read along with us. I think that'll be the um, optimum way to consume this podcast. So. Yeah, you know, um, listening to this podcast does not replace actually reading them yourself. Read the comics. The Especially reading the old ones is an experience. <laughs> That's one way to put it. It is an experience. That's. I think that was my biggest takeaway from reading these comics this week was like, wow, comic books have evolved over time. And my picture of them in my head as I grow older has changed as well. Oh, yeah. Some of these comics I haven't read since I was a kid literally like six years ago probably yeah so and it's also i think it's a different experience reading them back to back because you actually get to follow the story yeah. and there is actually story in these earlier books I it's mean, less than there is now but there, there actually is like connecting 
It's less issue. deep of a story, but man, oh man, is there a lot of exposition in these old comic books. Hold on. Like, there's just like narration and narration. It these are these books take a long time to read. I'm a slow reader. I get that. But still, there is like so much dialogue and like narration in these earlier issues. It's insane. Yeah. That's where it's like, and now we cut away to this scene. I'm like, all right, Stan, like, you can just draw the picture. Like, we, we don't need a full exposition of what's going on. But I think, I think this is as good a point as I need to dive into our first issue, the where it all started. Obviously, I Classic. said we're going to be reading every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Technically, this is not Amazing Spider-Man, but you can't start a run of Spider-Man without going where it all started. Amazing AF. Fantasy 15. AF 15, that's right. Now, uh, we're also our collectors as well as readers so as we're going through we're going to kind of i thought it'd be fun to kind of show if we have any of the books that are in these episodes uh neither of us has amazing fantasy 15 Yet. i wanted to surprise you actually yeah left it for this episode I'm, I'm, <laughs> i was about to say i have a, I have a big old <laughs> reprint of it but I mean, that's bad. yeah i've got my uh, i've got my digital uh copy right here there you go uh yeah not yet one day one day. And I was looking at the prices on eBay today, man. Oh. I didn't say one day soon. I said one day. <laughs> That's where whenever that day comes, I can guarantee you can find a video right here on this channel. I will be showing that comic book. I forgot to mention, yeah, socials are down here in the corners. You can see his over there. Uh, Twitter, YouTube. You've got YouTube, Instagram over there. So if you want to go and follow us there, uh, go and check us out. But uh, yeah, let's dive into it. So Amazing Phase 15, each issue we're going to kind of talk about when it was published, key issues for it, uh, go over a summary of it, and then kind of give our thoughts about it. So uh, Amazing Phase 15, I'll just dive right into the key issues because there's a lot of them. Uh, it was published, all right, this is the part, June 5th, 1962. Oh. June 5th. Interesting. Yeah. Because I thought it, they were all 1963. His first appearance was 1962. And we'll talk about the dates of the other issues later, because I noticed something interesting that I did not realize. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before recording, but... Uh, so June 5th, 1962. Obviously, it's the first appearance of Spider-Man. Uh, first appearance of Aunt May. First and only appearance of Uncle Ben, of course. Uh, and it's the first appearance of Flash Thompson and Liz Allen. Mm -hmm. Which I don't whole, think Liz is actually thing. named in this issue, but she is in it. Uh, right, and she obviously she becomes a pretty important character as the years go on. So that's uh, so that's a key issue. Not quite as big as the first appearance of Spider Man. Of course, that's what everyone cares about. Um, right. But do you wanna do you wanna kick us off with a summary? I mean, how can you summarize such a classic issue? I mean, obviously, we see our <clears throat> man Peter Parker in full uh, flesh. We see Spider Man. We see how he gets to being Spider Man. We get to see. This part you need to fucking cut out. I don't know. You put me on the spot. <laughs> we get to see sweater vest and all. Sweater vest and all. Um, so, we literally get to see every single part of the classic origin of Spider Man this year. Mm -hmm. It is not drawn out. I'm, I'm going to talk about that more in a bit. It is not drawn out. It happens fast. And it it's does. all in this issue. And yeah. that's probably that's the overview you want. That it's. All the classic parts of Spider-Man that everybody knows, it happens. Right. Yeah. Bit by the spider. Burglar. Doesn't stop him. Uh, Crusher Hogan fight. 
I I think I mean that yeah. Diving into my thoughts on it, like you mentioned, and this is true of all of the old Stan Lee comic book. You go read Thor's first appearance. You go read the Avengers one. You go read Captain America first appearance. They're all just like. Bing, bang, boom, like he was bit by a spider, then this happened, then this happened, that's our story. It's like, how many pages total? I think it's like 8, 9, 10, he gets bit 11 by spider pages. In, he gets bit by a spider in the third page, if you're counting, like, the splash page. <clears throat> mm, yeah. Um, and then, like, he's instantly fighting the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like, happens immediately. It's like six panels are him figuring out his superpowers. It's like, I can climb this He's wall. Like, I can squeeze wow. this pipe. I'm 15 years old. I'm a human spider. I'm going to go fight the biggest guy I could find for money. <laughs> Which, I get the money part, but, like, it immediately goes to, I'm going to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I noticed reading in this issue and more of the issues. We'll talk about it as we get into other ones. Like, Peter Parker's not... He's weird in these early issues. He's not nice. He's not nice. He's kind of a little prick, like, to be honest he's, with you. He's a big one. And this made me immediately think of, like, rereading these. For whatever reason, I, I didn't notice when I was a kid. But rereading these now, like, I've watched a lot of reviews of, like, the Amazing Spider-Man movie. And everyone says that the actual Spider-Man character is a prick, too much of a prick. And that's mm. not like him. But literally, it's like... The exact way he is in these early issues. That is exactly, yeah, because the whole point is that he's just, like, this quiet nerd, but then he comes out as, like, this arrogant... No, yeah, he is, like, pompous. Yeah, 100%. But that's the, also... Crazy. I love the way that Stanley depicts bullying, because it's not like, oh, he's getting bullied and he's, like, sad about it. Peter's just like, oh, screw off, Flash. Like, you're a big yeah. meathead. Like, he talks back to him. Like, he he's not shy about it. But it, it is not how... These early issues, like, are complete opposites what I feel like regular people on the street will, like, think they know Spider-Man. They read these early issues. It's, like, the complete opposite. Right. That's where I think I saw someone say it online. Like, we have yet to actually see a one-for-one adaptation of the, like, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko Spider-Man in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because this Peter Parker, I mean, he's got the Harry Potter glasses. He's got the sweater vest. He wears a tie to school. (laughs) <laughs> he wears a tie to school and he's like yeah. super super nerd i mean we've always seen peter as smart in the movies but i mean in amazing spider-man he was riding around on a skateboard toby mcguire spider-man was probably the closest we got but right. even he wasn't quite this nerdy and i mean this is back in the 60s so yeah. take it for what you, you will but the main thing is like <clears throat> he's he's not nice and he's very selfish oh 100 percent and, I mean, I guess that's the whole point, right? That's the whole thing you're trying to, like, learn in the first issue is, like, if you have a responsibility to do something, like, the whole thing. We all know it. But even in, like, one, two, and three, which we'll get to, he didn't really learn his lesson. He did not. I thought the exact know. same thing. It's it's not like, oh, his Uncle Ben died and now he knows, like, no. great power comes great responsibility. Because immediately in issue one of Amazing Spider-Man, which we'll dive into in a second, he's immediately going right back to, like, okay, how can I use this to make money? No, literally. I don't – I will get to – I know, like – for me reading it, there's like a literal, there's like just a literal page where it's like, okay, now he understands. Like, I think he's actually kind of like growing into how we know him now, today. But it's not till like the fourth day. Right. And this, like, I was reading the first day, like, damn, I almost don't like him. <laughs> he's not like, very likable in the beginning. But it's, 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 it's very, like, I don't know, to me it's, because whenever I think about Spider-Man nowadays and you, you hear people talk about him, it's like that 
you talk about Peter Parker and how like selfless he is and how like amazing of a person he is and how like everyone should look up to how he is. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you make, you, you, you're, you know, you're a prick to somebody and you're like, damn, man, I'm like, I can never be, I can never look up. Like that's just an unrealistic person. And yeah. then I read this and I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and this... it's a bit of, I guess that's his character arc over time, which we'll see that as we go through the series. But yeah, and in again, the beginning, I mean, he was arrogant. He was selfish. He was of, not like this selfless hero that he's painted no. up to be. And a lot of um, a lot of people say like, "Oh, you know, Peter Parker's just so unlucky. He's just an unlucky guy. He can't catch a break." There were many breaks he caught in the <laughs> early issues, and like he made his situation worse with the decision he made. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like it, it's mostly the first like, including like, AF fifteen, mm. like the first four issues, especially. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see because we get to really these early issues are where you see amateur Spider-Man. Because mm-hmm. later on, as you get through the series, you start to see, like, as he gets more experienced, he starts to feel that weight on his shoulders. And when he makes mistakes, you see it grind on him more. Yeah. But this is just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he's just no. in over his head. A uh, couple of takeaways I had from Amazing Fantasy 15 in regards to the art. Steve Ditko deserves all the credit in the world. He's co-creator of Spider-Man. Some of this art is not good. Some of yes. it. Some of it is iconic, and it's it all fits the classic vibe. But if you go to the page, uh, the first panel of part two. Hold on. Now. You okay, can flip to it right now. I've got it open here. I'll maybe yep. put it up on the screen for the video. That man's leg is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, incorrect. That man's leg is broken. And the worst, the honestly, the worst offender for me is if you go to uh, two pages after that, it's listed as page I know, nine I know in the bottom exactly, right. I know exactly what you're going to be talking that about. That top panel, that middle Spider-Man. With the eyes? That art, not the eyes, but just look at his anatomy. Look at his hand. Like, it, it looks like if I tried to draw it. Oh, when he's on the wall? Crawling yes, on the wall? yes. Okay, yeah. It's not good. Yeah, that's... Yeah, he has like a, I, I don't know if it is like what you're seeing now, but he has like a triangle finger. Yeah, his, his, he has three fingers. Wait, he has three his, fingers? His leg, like, anatomy is wrong. It's just not good. I mean, it's... I love I Steve Ditko, and he draws he draws great faces. I mean, the panel right below that has Peter and the cop, and it looks awesome. Right. But yeah. that, that shot of Spider-Man on the wall is like, oh my gosh, that is... That would, you could not do that in comic books today. I mean, you would get, like... No. Absolutely just... We all know about Herbozo Ramos. Yeah, I mean, there's some artists today that I don't like, but that is on that level, in my opinion. And I'm, we're not trying to flame Dicko, obviously. Oh, he has a legacy that speaks for itself. I mean, he literally created the costume. Speaking of art in this issue, what I love, and you really see it in this issue, and I remember hearing this fact because a lot of people were criticizing the Tom Holland Spider-Man costume that's red and black. Spider-Man's costume was originally red and black. Yeah. The blue, I like that. The I blue like the was lighting. Was. That was like it was red and black, and the blue was accents to show lighting and show like three dimensions. And people thought that the costume was blue, and that's why they later made it red and blue. Mm-hmm. So that this and was I one like of those it. few issues. You know, I like the red and black look. No, it's a good look, yeah, because red and blue is like super colorful. I mean, it's iconic now. Right. I mean, course. we've got the red and blue on screen right now in the overlay, but I don't. I like the red and black suit. I like it in the MCU. And I really liked it in this issue. 
But... Yeah, just like reading like when he doesn't stop the burglar, like, sorry, pal, that's your job. Like, oh, it's yeah. not even in like, it's not even like in the Raimi verse where like he kind of had a reason to be like, you know, I missed the part where that's my problem. Yeah, he was, he he was pissed up, off at the guy. Right. He was just straight up like, yeah, no, that's your job. Yeah. You're a cop. <laughs> Go he, ahead. He's walking off. He's, I love Steve Dicko's art is good on the panel where he's walking away. He looks nice and sassy. He's like, save your breath, buddy. I've got more important things to do. Like, he's a, he's a little asshole. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, yeah, he's not. And then uh, just I love the old Stanley dialogue. Like, Aunt May and Uncle Ben give him his microscope. Gosh, that's terrific. Like, he's such a little nerd. He's such a little nerd. You're the greatest family any fella ever had. And then he's, he's dead in the next like, panel. My one uh, thing that definitely we see in a lot of these old comics is that like 60s slang and different words they use for stuff. Yeah, I had to like look up half the stuff sometimes reading, this, reading these issues because it's like I don't know what they're saying. One of my favorite moments in this issue is when he on the page where he's got bit by the spider and he's realizing his powers. There's a car that drives by and he dodges out of the way of it. Stanley describes it. He says, wrapped in his thoughts, Peter doesn't hear the auto, which narrowly misses him. They abbreviated automobile as auto. Also, they abbreviate. Never hear that today. They abbreviate pics. Like, he doesn't say pictures at all. Just pics. Yeah. Which people say that today, but not like as much. PIX. You don't see a PIX. Yeah, it's PICS now. So picks auto. I mean, who would ever refer to a car today as an auto? Like there goes that auto. No, it's a car. But back in the sixties, it's that auto drives past. I thought that was, that really stuck out to me as like, Whoa, this is a time capsule of different time. Uh, but overall, overall thoughts on amazing fantasy 15. It's obviously super simple, but it's an iconic story. It, 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 if it wasn't as simple, it wouldn't be as a classic is it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what it needs to be. I mean, you you can't criticize it because it is. This story was so iconic that readers loved it so much that it literally made them create a series for it. Right, I'm pretty sure. Like at the end, it was like you know, he'll be back, but in the Amazing Fantasy. Yeah, it says the next issue of Amazing Fantasy for uh, yeah different teenage idol Spider-Man, which different teenage idol Spider-Man. But then it was his own issue, and, and yeah, and Amazing Fantasy 15 was the last issue of Amazing right, exactly. Fantasy. Yeah, because famously, and everybody knows the story. I won't dive into it, but Amazing Fantasy was getting canceled. Stanley wanted to write Spider Man, but the publisher was like, "No, it's a terrible idea. You can't write make a superhero that's a teenager. That's stupid." So he just threw it in here, and then it was so popular with readers that the publisher was like, "Oh, we should make a series for this," uh, and Stanley kind of got his his win that way. But uh, but from there, we're not going to talk about the second story in Amazing Fantasy. We're not going to talk about the Bell Ringer. Uh, is that even in the omnibus, the the bell ringer? What are you talking? No, I didn't even read that. In Amazing Fantasy 15, there's two other stories in it. There's the bell ringer, which is about some guy in a lighthouse, and then there's a story oh, about yeah, a no. mummy. Yeah, no, that's not me. Yeah, because they printed multiple stories. I in didn't them, even so. know that. That's actually, I never even knew that. Yeah, they have backstories in there. I, I've Because I realized I was flipping through, because I read all of my comics on Marvel Unlimited. It's digital comics, $10 a month, has all of them. You sponsored or something? I'm not sponsored, but I, that's how I read it. I recommend it. Uh, if you want to read along, that's how you can do it. JP doesn't like digital comics, but this has literally every single issue, uh, and that's how I read through it. But at one point, I will have no choice but to read them from there. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's super easy. It's like ten dollars a month. You scroll through, has them all. That's how I've read them. 
Uh, I read them at work. I read them on my phone. Don't right. tell my boss. But uh, So from there, it was so Minus popular, 25. they gave him his own series. Amazing Spider-Man issue number one. Now here's where there was a big time jump. Amazing Fantasy came out in June. Amazing Spider-Man 1 came out December 10th, 1962. Is it still 1962? Still 1962. That one surprised me because I thought it was... Because on the cover, the cover date is March. Okay. But it was released in December. Now, that's always happened in comics. The cover date is never right. Right. It's never right. Would that be just when the cover was done? Or what? No, I think... I think because they were mailing out a lot of comics, maybe they weren't always getting out, or I, I honestly don't know. But even to this day, you look at the like cover dates; they're not on the cover anymore. But if you go on the f- first page, it'll say like right, a in date. The middle, yeah. It's never right. I don't know why, but so December tenth, nineteen sixty-two. Uh, now, Amazing Spider-Man one, aside from being the first issue in his series, uh, key issues for this is the first appearance of John Jameson and the first appearance of J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, can right into those two big characters obviously J. Jonah Jameson is pretty much like the main villain in like he is these early issues yeah I mean just full blown <laughs> he's in every and single it, issue every one I remember when I was I first read this <clears throat> issue you know Amazing Spider-Man 1 like when I was a kid I was surprised to see his son mm. in the first issue I thought he would have been like a character that came way later yeah but he's like right in there he's and obviously he becomes more relevant later on Yes. Um, but yeah, he's right there as the astronaut uh, in this story. So uh, I guess I'll do the summary for this issue. We'll, we'll alternate issues. Um, first of all, this cover is beautiful. I love this right. cover. Iconic cover. Fantastic Four on there. They used them to sell the book because Fantastic Four was all the rage in the early 60s. Um, and it has a lot more blue in his costume. I think this is when they kind of pivoted towards the red and blue. Yeah, it's um, a lot more. But inside the comic, it's mostly red and black, so I don't know. It's actually more red and black, at least when you go to like the first page. At least, again, what I'm looking at, and you know, in the actual issue, it could be different with just coloring and stuff. Right. But I mean, in the digital, actually, it's entirely red and black. Yeah, there's like no blue highlights. Yeah. So maybe that was maybe they realized people were thinking it was blue, and they were like, "We gotta show it as all black." Um, right. But it comes blue later. But so summary for this issue. Uh, obviously, it starts off by summarizing his origin. So that's what we just read. Um, but it kind of goes over bit by a spider, shot by a burglar, Uncle Ben dies, realizes he needs to use it responsibly. Um, but then he's back in school getting bullied, uh, using it to perform and make money, using his powers. And that's where we said he kind of doesn't learn his lesson at all. At all. Because he immediately goes back to show business and he's like, I'm going to use this to make money. Until, enter, J. Jonah Jameson. Who I do want to go drags back. Drags this guy. I want to go back. First off, I actually don't like this cover as much as most people do. What? It just doesn't do it for me. Oh, I think it's so iconic. Um, it's iconic. No, it is. But I don't know. It's just not like I don't know. It just doesn't tickle my fancy as much. There's just a lot going on. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Flame me for it. It's a hot take. Yeah. I comment down below on YouTube if you. I mean, I know there's gonna be some people disagreeing with you on that. Oh, for sure, but <laughs> we're like I'm like Jado and Jameson. I'm like I'm just gonna make news just so like people watch this. You know? <laughs> I actually hate Spider Man. Oh uh, my god, yeah. You know I'm a, I'm a big Batman guy. No, but Uncle Ben gets shot in his house. It was a house robbery. 
Yeah. I didn't even know that until, like, I didn't even remember that when I first read it. Like, yeah, no, I yeah. Get shot on the side of the street, like, seeing the movies and everything. Like, I, he gets shot in his house. Yeah, just randomly breaks in and just shoots a guy. Trying to, trying to rob the house? For no reason. Robbery gone wrong. Yeah. Shot. I'm looking at May. <laughs> Horrified. She witnessed the whole thing. For real. And where was, where was Parker? She, okay. Aunt May does not seem traumatized enough for having witnessed her husband of, like, presumably 50-plus years just getting murdered in front of her. Yeah, she got over it kind of quick, huh? Yeah, like, almost immediately she's like, hey, Peter, I got some wheat cakes. Like, she just does not even care at all. Also, she is very fragile in these issues. She's old. Like, very old. She almost, she's gotten younger as the years have gone on. No, she definitely has. I don't even know. <clears throat> well, is she even still alive in the early Really issues? Uh, she, issues? She's alive in recent issues, yeah. She well, she, she died and then came back. It's well, yeah, she died in four hundred. I know that. it's comic books. You know how it is, right? Of course. Uh, well, I just wanted to go back and say those two things. First off, you mentioned it. I'm not as big of a fan of the cover as you, and the fact that he was shot in his house was surprising to me. Yeah, but that is that is yeah. Ame is a lot old and frail and very doting. Uh, I think the most accurate movie version of Aunt May is the Raimi trilogy. Even then, she's like a lot. She has her wits about her a lot more in the movie. Yeah, yeah. This, I she mean, this is her, just like does not have her wits about her. This is yeah, classic '60s grandma, like super naive. Really, yeah. she's just a, what a lovely lady. But she's doting, of course, as <clears throat> yeah, as she is called. Yeah, very doting. Very doting. Uh, but as the issue goes on, uh, kind of shows their money troubles, shows that Aunt May is needing money, Peter's getting desperate to pay the bills, and for a minute, this is what we're talking about, for a minute he considers stealing money. Yes. He literally goes through an entire thought process like, aha, I can steal money, that'll be the answer. And he's like, no, if I go to jail, Aunt May's going to be upset about that. Like, It's okay. not even moral conundrums at all. He's just like, oh, I could get arrested, that would suck. Anyway, what else can I do? I don't know what's gonna do. I'll uh, just go back to you know doing some TV shows and stuff. Yeah, so he does the TV shows. Then J. Jonah Jameson comes out of nowhere and for some reason uh, decides to hate him. I know they dive into this later in the comic book, so maybe we'll get to that point at some point. Right. But, uh, he decides to hate him and he writes an article says Spider Man's a menace. He should be run out of town. And just like that, he's out of show business. He can't do the shows anymore. So he doesn't even stop the shows because of moral reasons. No. He stops him because he doesn't have an option. He can't do it anymore. I think he even says in the issue, he's like, what am I going to do now? I can't make money this way. As still not a hero. <clears throat> no, he's not a hero. He's just a, a kid looking to use his newfound abilities for financial gain. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's what we're reading. We're not reading a superhero magazine right now. That is what we're reading. Yeah. And the saddest part, and this is kind of the end of part one of this issue, uh, Aunt May selling her jewelry. To pay the bills. Yes. Breaks my heart. She's such a lovely lady. So, you know, anybody in this position in the real world would be doing what he's doing right now, trying to make money off of it, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Right. You would, I would. But it's just more shocking because everyone thinks of him as, like, so selfless. Yeah. Such a hero, and he's just not in these in this yeah. issue. I think that's life. what makes him relatable i mean that's everyone when they talk about spider-man they say he's relatable that's kind of his selling point and yes. that's what you said like this is what we would be doing i mean 
people have money problems, people have life problems, and if we got superpowers, we would use them to fix those problems. Yeah, he's not a bad person for doing this, in my opinion. Yeah, he's clearly just desperate. Right. Like, he's in a tough situation. His uncle just died, his aunt's not able to pay the bills, and he's desperate. Um, And, you know, as we kind of watch his arc go, we see him be able to solve those problems without, you know, going to criminal and stealing, but... Uh, so part two of this issue is when it's the space rocket launch. Now, one thing that I just got such a kick out of this part, and this really dates uh, Stanley's knowledge of science, is what I'll say. Uh, the rocket launch, the capsule comes out of control, and they're trying to figure out how to land it. And these NASA scientists' solution is to drop a net out of the sky. <laughs> To catch the capsule. Now, this is laughable for a couple of reasons. One, how the heck is that going to work? And two, this is a rocket. How did they get a net ahead? What did they drop it from? That's what I'm saying. Where did they did they explain how they got they that? They don't there? explain it at all. Literally, all he says is acting with desperate speed. The space technicians attempt to drop a steel net to catch the capsule. Oh, that may, they were acting with <coughs> desperate speed. That's why. De- yeah, that's why. The desperate speed kind of carried them there. Just like when he... Again, love Stanley, of course. But he explains a lot of things in, uh, I quote, for some strange reason or some strange way. Mm-hmm. A little so, bit of uh, a little bit of vagueness kind of carries his stories. I but... mean, you know, I couldn't do it any better, that's for sure. But I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's just all these scientists in general is like, what are we going to do? Let's drop a net and capture the capsule. Uh, surprise, unsurprisingly, doesn't work. You can very much tell that these early issues. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say these early issues so many times. If you if you want a drinking game, you shot every time I say that you'll be on the floor. But in these early issues, these are written for kids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 100%. These are not like nowadays. They're written for like 40 year olds. Yeah, they're written <laughs> for kind written, of everybody. These are right. These are literally written for kids. Yeah, and, and it shows, and it's it's pretty great. Oh, it's it's fantastic, and I mean the story is super. Back in those days, it was action scenes. And the story was just there to, like, accent the action scenes. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny just how they're like, oh, look at him climb up the wall. Like, the most basic, like, nowadays in Spider-Man comics, you have these deep, deep, deep stories, and he's just climbing the wall in the background. But now it's like, and then he climbs across the wire as if he were a spider. Like, These issues do help my simple brain because some of the new issues, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. This is so complicated that I don't even know what's going on. This is like, I can follow this. Yeah. I can follow this for um, well, and I, I love how, like, apparently in comic books, people just narrate their own actions. I know, it's pretty great. Like, like there's, like, something that would happen in, like, a split second. He's like, oh, my God, he's doing this, so I'll have to do this, and I'll do this really quickly. It's well, like, even just talking aloud, like, he'll be like, I've got to reach the missile control center the fastest way, the way only Spider-Man can. Like, the most corny dialogue. Like, if you did that in a movie, it would be the worst movie ever written. I would like it. But, I mean, it just stands, it holds up. But he hijacks a plane. Y- you wonder why JJ thinks he's a, he's a menace. He hijacks a plane, goes and saves the space capsule. So this was the first time other than catching the burglar. Well, catching the burglar was pretty kind of vengeance. So this is the that first time he acts heroically, I would say. Right. Um, but again, it's not like this is... This is not just his defining moment as a hero. This is not when he's like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what's right. He does this to save somebody, which is great. 
great thing to do. But then he goes right back to his old ways. I also completely forgot he did this for the publicity. Yeah, I read this issue like last week, so you're gonna. Have I'm, to I'm pretty sure that. it says in the issue. I don't remember exactly where, but I'm pretty sure he's like, "Oh, if I save that space capsule, yeah, then no, right. Jonah will, you know, forgive right. me and I'll be able to perform again." So I guess he's starting to do the right thing for the wrong reasons. We're seeing his hero's journey. He's going along the path. <clears throat> but the end of the first story is that J. Jonah does not forgive him. Uh, and he just doubles down on him being a menace. And he's like, how am I going to perform now? What am I going to do? Jonah's like, he did this on purpose. Yeah, That's what he said. He's like, he did this on purpose to like take the glory away from my son. Which he didn't, but... In a way, he did do it for the good publicity, so he's not entirely wrong. <clears throat> but, yeah. So, ultimately, we have not seen his heroic arc yet. We have not. Uh, but the second storyline in this issue is really the more noteworthy one, and I totally forgot to mention it in the key issues. First appearance of the chameleon. The first real Spider-Man villain is the first chameleon. First real Spider-Man. Not, not many people would guess that. No. Like, if you asked someone who had only seen the movies, you said, who in the comic books was the first Spider-Man villain? They would probably say Green Goblin, Dr. Well, Octopus. Mysterio, of course. Right? Yeah, like, it's the chameleon of all. The villain that has still not been done in a movie was the oh, first Spider-Man villain. And, oh my gosh, his classic look with those goggles and the slits for eyes and, like, the weird mask. Just absolutely silly, but... This issue. Is shown like that? Okay, no, he's shown like that a couple times. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the splash page right now, which this is some great Steve Ditko art. You've got the big chameleon yeah, and no, Spider Man kind of swinging towards him. Uh, but this issue starts with Peter being like, ah, I'm going to join the Fantastic Four. Surely they'll want me to join. Let me go break in and bless them with my presence. He's so but arrogant. Why does, but why does he do that? Because he thinks they have a salary. He's doing it for money. Exactly. He's not like, oh, I'm going to join them so I can help them save people and save the universe <laughs> of the world. No, he's like, they must have a salary. He's like, surely they pay. Let me just swing on over there. They'll want to hire me. Uh, and then as soon as – and this is kind of where it really paints Spider-Man as this lone wolf. Like he's not really a team player because as no. soon as they – I mean he fights them. And then as soon as they're like, whoa, buddy, we're not hiring you. We don't pay you. He's like, all right, peace out then. I'm gone. I don't need you. And he just leaves. Whatever. I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, obviously that was just, you know, it's quick. It's a quick, you know, little appearance of Fantastic Four. And like you said, it was probably to sell the book a little bit. But it really does show you the mindset in which Peter slash Spider-Man is in yeah. in this issue. And it's kind He's of just, self-serving. It's kind of. It's fully. Yeah. Which, I mean... That's not a criticism. I think we see his arc, but this is where... So going from there, then it cuts to the chameleon who's mm -hmm. planning his big heist. I think he's a... What is he, working with Russian spies in this issue? I don't even... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so it's the 60s. You're going to have some Russian spies in there. It's not the first time... Or not the last time it happens. Um, but he poses as Spider-Man for the, the heist. So that kind of frames him. So, Spider-Man doesn't even get involved in this for heroic reasons. He gets in it to clear his name. Clear his name, yeah. Literally, like I said, this is like... <clears throat> he does heroic things just... 
the, the aspect of wanting to save people is like the fifth or sixth reason he's doing something right now. Yeah. Again, like we're, I feel like we're just not even reading a superhero story right now. We're reading <laughs> someone just taking it day by day. You know. Which I mean, let's be realistic. That would be a teenager with superpowers. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I actually rather it this way. This is like actually like yeah. Teenagers are not selfless. Teenagers are selfish, and that I think it paints the picture of an irresponsible teenager. These are his high school years, and I think that's kind of an important thing to dive into. But uh, then Spider-Man shows up and sees Chameleon fleeing. He goes to like a Russian helicopter and escapes, uh, and then ultimately he captures him, but then he escapes again and poses as Spider-Man looking for him, and then he poses as a police officer, and I think this is the first time we really see his Spider-Sense in action. I think it is, yep. Because he uses his Spider-Sense to catch the chameleon, and then that's the end of the issue, so... I love this issue. It's kind of... I don't know. It doesn't hold up as well as some of the other issues, I think. It's definitely a weaker one. Yeah. In the first six issues, or his first six appearances. Yeah. Um, but again, it does its job. It's continuing the narrative. Um, but yeah, it's, it's on the weaker side. Yeah, and that's where I think the important thing, I mean, we see his arc, right? The first issue, he's just trying to go make money fighting. His Uncle Ben dies, doesn't really learn his lesson. This issue, he's continuing to try to figure out how he can make money. He tries to clear his name. You know, he's, he's, he's acting out of selfish reasons. He has yet to really realize the responsibility that he has. But Which is, which would be so interesting to be reading these issues when they came out, and I guess in 1962, 1963, because, like, and I guess maybe if you're, like, a kid, which, again, these are targeted to, you aren't really thinking like wow this guy's really selfish you're probably just thinking like oh my god the like action scenes and spider-man but like right if you were to see how selfish this guy or not eh, selfish i mean again he's not necessarily a bad guy for what he's doing it's yeah it, it's very realistic i'm not saying he's a bad person right oh um, like he's not a hero <laughs> he's not. that's why it's so different than everything else they were publishing at the time yeah. Because you look, I mean, I don't know what else was out in 62. I know Fantastic Four was, maybe Iron Man and Hulk and them were around. But, I mean, the traditional superhero, I mean, you go look at DC Comics and it was all just like, I am the perfect human being and I fight for good and justice and this, that, the other. And this was just like, what happens if a selfish, arrogant teenager yeah. gets superpowers? Like you said, it's really, I think it fed off a lot of the, it's just relatable. Yeah. You know, to the people, so... And I think that that's what kind of skyrocketed his popularity. But that is where, going from issue one, that was in December, 1962. This is the part that blew my mind, because I don't know why, for some reason in my mind, I thought that these issues were all monthly. Amazing Spider-Man issue number two. So if you were reading these back in 1962, you picked up issue one in 1962, December. You had to wait until February 12th, 1963, was when issue two came out. Yes. Finally, into the 1963. Yeah, now it's 1963. So that's where I thought all of them were. But this one cover uh, cover month is May, but this came out in February. So right, a little bit of a delay there. But this is, of course, the first appearance of the Vulture, uh, who was famously in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Is really when things start kicking off. Yes, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, we got through the first two issues. We got through his origin, and we got through his first, you know, ever self-titled issue, which again. 
if it's your first, if it's your number one, it's probably not going to be the most grand thing back then. He's still like, you know, how many people are just reading Amazing Spider-Man one for the first time and didn't read A at fifteen? Probably, so, yeah, probably a lot. Yeah, a lot of people. So they probably just had to like get people up to speed. Yeah, for the first issue, and that's why there wasn't much going on compared to what we're going to talk about next. This is where they kind of dive into like proper stories. Right, exactly. Um, now, not only is this first appearance of uh, Vulture, this is also the first appearance of Betty Brant. And? She's not named in this issue, but she appears in the issue. I can't believe you're forgetting the best villain of all time, the terrible the tinkerer. tinkerer. Yeah, first appearance of the Tinkerer. Uh, and also, this is the first time that he uses his belt camera. Yeah. And when he has his utility belt. Yeah. Which not a lot of people realize, Spider-Man has a utility belt. Yes. That's straight out of Batman. He has a utility yeah. belt. Right under his clothes. <clears throat> but I, I love that inclusion because we're watching him start to become a superhero. Like Exactly, yeah. And then this issue he's like, oh, well, now I can build a utility belt. And then as we go on, you know, next issue he gets the spider signal. And we'll talk about Again, that later. Is, <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there, is, there is a storyline. Even, even though these are meant for kids, like, they connect in each way. It's like, oh, well, I'm not doing shows anymore, so I guess I'll have to, like, get a belt because I'm not... <laughs> I actually need extra web fluid and stuff like that if I'm out there doing these type of things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you want to kick us off with a quick summary of this issue. Of course. Walk us through so, it. So, first appearance of the Vulture. It is the first, so this is a two-part story. One's going to be the Vulture. One's a terrible tinkerer. And so the Vulture is, in my opinion, other than the Chameleon, he's really the first big baddie. Like, I mean, he's the one that stuck the most. Yeah. He's the first one that actually reappears. For the first time. That's true, yeah. So we see the first appearance of one of his more popular villains. And again, like you said, we continue to see his growth as a superhero through this issue. You see some crazy different things with the Tinkerer and aliens. So the world of Spider-Man really starts to evolve in this issue. <laughs> and the, the world of the, you know, what, 616, right? Is what we're, what yep. we're in right now? Yep. Um, <laughs> which is interesting. But really, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. First of all, what I got to say, I think the Vulture's design is where I got to give Steve Ditko a ton of props. Yeah, it's really cool. Because the Vulture is iconic. I mean, I love how his head, his head even, like, he looks like a Vulture. Yeah, like it's this head. old guy with a bald head, pointy nose. Like the pointy nose is just like creepy, and that's one thing that I wish they had done for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Is you know the actor ha- had him be a little older and have that like pointy nose and things like that. But I mean, the green costume is iconic. The wings, uh, and it just captured the people's imagination in the '60s. I just I love all the narration of the people on the street. Like, how does he fly? He's like a bird. Like. No sound. <clears throat> no sound. He silently flies. Uh, and they always explain the science of their villains. They're like, oh, he flies with magnets. It's like, well, how does that work? Well, it just does. Well, it's from strange way it works. So. <clears throat> yeah. Magic. Deal with it. But uh, I love his hideout. His hideout in the that. silo, yeah. Yes, I love that. It's right outside the city. really makes you feel like... You're there, honestly, because like the, you can see the city skyscape. I'm looking at the panel where like he's flying out of the silo. Like, just think about it. Like, you're a New Yorker, and there's like off in the distance, you got the silos. There's some like you know farm over there, and out comes this old man in a in a bird costume stealing your riches. Yeah. 
That's it's the insane. part. That's the part that really dates it for me because that silo, it's like on a farm, and it says in the narration that that's on Staten Island. Yeah. There's no s- silos on Staten Island anymore. <laughs> Nowadays, there's not. No. <laughs> yeah, so that's where it's like, wow, this is the '60s. Um, but it's really cool. It's really cool, and I love how like this is him now being like, okay, how can I make money? Well, I'll take pictures yep. of uh, the vulture, and that's why he goes out. Now, one interesting thing about this: this is further appearances of J. Jonah Jameson. My immediate thing that I noticed when I read this yeah, is yeah, yeah. the building says J. Jonah Jameson Publishing. And yes. it's now magazine. There is magazine. no mention of the Daily Bugle. Nope, not in this one. It's now magazine. There is no Daily Bugle. <clears throat> and again, our hero goes to find the vulture to make money. Yeah. It is not to stop him from possibly hurting people, from robbing people. It is to take pictures of him and to make a, and I quote, small fortune, which again, I don't knock the guy for it. Yeah. But he is still not the selfless player. Like he, he's not entirely trying to make money for selfish reasons. Like he wants to support Aunt May and things like no, that. No, it's not. I don't. He's not like I'm gonna go make money. So like a, you know, even if he was like I'm gonna go buy a house or a new car for myself. Like that's not even that really. I mean, right. He's got the power. Why not? Right. As long as he's not stealing the money. The money. Right. Exactly. Which <laughs> he thought about, but he you know shook it off real quick. That was in later issues. That was yeah. Poor issues. Vulture, literally is so super villain in this issue it is incredible he warns everybody that he's going to steal so much money before he even steals the money I love it is it. absolutely amazing he's playing 4d chess i know he throws like what is it like a <laughs> it's like a rock with a note on it or yeah, a baseball, like a baseball or something, or something. It's a, no it's a rock you can see it in his hand oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like i, I will steal, steal the it. diamonds <laughs> i shall steal the diamond shipment under your noses the vulture what a just villain. He's just like, I will steal it and you can't stop me. And then he I, does outsmart them. I love the way he steals it. It's really clever. I love that so much. Now, first what? of all, their first encounter with Spider-Man, Spider-Man gets his butt kicked. He yes, literally just flies a loop, kicks him in the head, knocks him out, and tosses him in a, uh, what's it called? Water water tower. Water tower, yeah. And... What's Peter Parker really doesn't know how to fight. I mean, he's got the super strength. He's got the senses. He's got the speed and everything. But he doesn't. He's not a martial artist. You know what I mean? So he's still learning to fight. Yep, that's exactly. Like is, you get to see him like realizing what? like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like he gets his butt kicked and he's you know. Would you you would not see the Spider Man today struggle to get out of a water tower? No, it would be immediate. Yeah, be he wouldn't this, even be in there in the first place. Yeah, but this is the inexperienced amateur. He's like, what can I do? My webs won't work. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I can jump. And so this is because you're seeing amateur Spider-Man. He didn't even go out there looking for a fight. He went out there to just take some pictures, and then the Vulture Sorrel swooped around and kicked him in the head. Kicked his teeth in, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, his camera was not broken, though, so he's able to develop it and get those pictures, and he builds his utility belt and goes back out to fight. Also, whenever Peter has the suit on and he takes the mask off, he looks like a Chad, bro, straight up. He does. And then he's in, like, his regular Peter Parker garb. He's the nerd again. Yeah. Which I love. That's great. It's very, like, Clark Kent. He has the Clark Kent hair curl. He does. Uh, yes, he does. So he's, he's got the iconic look. Um, but, yeah, so then, of course, Vulture commits the heist. I love how he just pops up out of the sewer. That's so just clever and funny. It's great. I don't know how he's flying around in the sewer, but <clears throat> apparently he can do it. 
the magnets. But uh, this is where, again, Spider-Man doing the right thing for the wrong reason. He's like, oh, I'll go get the vulture now so I can get pictures of him. Uh, and goes and catches him from the heist, and he, he ties him. He, he creates a gadget. This is where we start to see Peter's intelligence. He creates a gadget to counteract Vulture's flying, and that's how he's able to stop him. Right, he knew. He was like, I think I think now I'm thinking about it, this guy's using magnets. How do you know that? Guy's just a genius. Right. So, so. we get to see him flex his brain a little bit, and this is where he gets his first big win. He beats the Vulture. And he gets the pictures, so he gets the money. And I think he mentions that he pays, what, like a year's rent? Yeah, a year's rent from those pictures. That's that pretty a, sweet. That is, that's a small fortune. That is a small fortune. But oddly so enough, then, his money problems aren't solved because then next issue he's like complaining about money again. But Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting thing, too, which I don't think you'd be able to really grasp from like these issues necessarily. But like from issue – from AF15 to now – in this world, how much time has gone by? We're not. I don't really think you'd be able to like exactly pinpoint that, but that's an interesting thing that I'd love to. Yeah. Um. Presumably not much. Yeah, I mean, but you read these issues. It's like the next day, the next day, like things happen, mm. like, and the next morning. So like time's passing pretty fast. Yeah, or faster than you'd imagine. So it's probably a couple <clears throat> weeks. That's the thing about comics. They kind of they can't get too specific about dates because then you know this character's existed for sixty years and it's like, yeah. Which is okay. This this is something that really and this is I'm gonna go off tangent just for real quick. This is the same Spider-Man that's living in issue eight eight hundred nine almost nine hundred now, right? Almost nine hundred, yeah. That's like I don't know. That's like really cool. It's gonna be really cool to like get to the older issues and like be like, you really we are really seeing the growth of 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 this guy. That's that's my biggest thing that I'm like looking for reading through these issues is like watching the growth of his character and the world around him. Yeah, I'm a big Spider-Man guy. I haven't read much other uh, superhero stuff, mm-hmm. but what I have, even the earlier issues, like I haven't read many first appearances, and I guess I know you have, so you can like correct me on this. But it seems like they just get right into being a hero, and they like know what they're doing, yep. and everything's just going on, and it's like issue one first appearance. I am the guy. Yep. Not the case with this guy. Not at all. He and I really like that it. out as he goes. I really like it, and it's exciting <clears> to con- <throat> going to be. Ex- it's like I'm actually excited to continue reading these books and right. like see that development. Yeah. See. See how he kind of grows. It. You're absolutely right. Like the first appearance that I read most recently was first appearance of Thor, and like first page, it's like Donald Blake finds this staff, and now he can become Thor. And he immediately knows how to use the hammer. He knows that if he taps it twice on the ground, it'll create a storm. And if he taps it three times, it'll do this. And then all of a sudden, these aliens show up, and he's like, I will vanquish the aliens. Like, super cheesy stuff, whereas this is just like, he's just a guy getting through life, and stuff just keeps happening around him. Kid. Yeah, he's a kid. 15. But that's where the second story with the Tinkerer, honestly, the Vulture story is my favorite one out of this issue. Yes. Uh, But the Tinkerer one is great. The Tinker one, Tinker one is insane. Now, I love that this issue has Vulture and Tinkerer because Spider-Man Homecoming has Vulture and Tinkerer. I love how they right. did that. I also like how they're both <clears throat> old men. Yeah. Just 15-year-olds fighting, like, 60-year-old men in this issue. It's great. Yeah. But this one is where, you know, the doctor hires him to go pick up his radio and then do some experiments with him. And he goes to the Tinkerer's shop. And this one just really takes a thematic change where all of a sudden it's like, and there's aliens. 
Aliens. Um, so I was reading this issue, and I was like, I, I think I'm getting it mixed up with the first Mysterio appearance. Because hmm. I feel like there were aliens in that, and obviously it was a Mysterio thing. So I was waiting for them to, like, be humans in alien costumes for some reason, and that didn't happen. And I was like, are we kidding? There's straight this, up that aliens. A, that was a straight up alien in my, in my ASM2. Which, yeah, this feels so out of place in Spider-Man comics. Because Spider-Man does not really deal with a lot of aliens. He doesn't deal with, like, cosmic threats that much. He does a little bit. But this is just, like, so weird. Like, you just turn and there's a Martian there working on a radio. And you're like, where is this coming from? Like, we're dealing with Martians now? Like, what? Straight up Martians. <clears throat> but... Hey, I mean, he's becoming a superhero. You gotta stop some aliens from conquering the Earth because you know that's yeah, all aliens want to do. If I, even if I was like a superhero and I got bit by a spider and I have these superpowers, which is crazy, and it's like, wow, like what else can happen in this world that I don't know about? But if I saw aliens, I knew there were aliens, I'd have to like think about that a little bit. He just doesn't really. He's like, wow, those were aliens. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't even give it a second but, thought at all. Yeah. I would have to sit down with myself <laughs> and think about the world as I know it. He's just like, all right. Especially, he's like a scientist. You would think there would be some pondering to happen there. I do love yeah. how he catches on to them. Like, his spider sense tips him off to the electrical currents, like, in the machine. It seems That's like his spider thing. sense is capable of a lot more than it is yeah. later on. That's another thing. Uh, take a shot, everybody. In these early issues, <laughs> um, yeah, it just, like, he pretty much is, like, he knows everything. Yeah. Anything he wants to know, he knows through his special. Yeah. If we need him and to figure of, out something, Spider-Sense. I'm pretty sure in a later a issue, of, he uses it to track somebody. Yeah. Um, and all of his villains seemingly know he has his Spider-Sense somehow. He's like, oh, that's why he knows. <laughs> yeah, that, that like, happens. Oh, I, I know I would, exactly I what you're referencing. Yes. Well, I mean, okay, when, when we get to it, obviously, he's not just any other villain that we're referencing. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, the, uh, continuing the cheesy '60s dialogue, I'm looking at the page where he's fighting the aliens. He's like, "It's not gonna be that easy, buddy boy." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just. Love, oh my gosh, I love when he gets scared too in these issues. Like he's like, "Gee, golly whiz, man!" <laughs> it's just classic corny comic books. But and on that same page as the buddy boy, he's like, the alien comes around the corner, sees Spider Man, he's like, "A spy, <laughs> a spy. We need to stop him." Uh, design of these aliens is goofy. Their faces look ridiculous. I love how they trap him in a glass dome, and he's like, I gotta shoot my web through this tiny little hole, when their plan was to suffocate him, but there's a hole in the glass that he totally could have breathed through. <clears throat> right. Not, yeah. Not looking at it too deeply there. I don't know why they don't maybe just, like, kill him. Maybe they, maybe they want him for something. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they're aliens. Maybe they want to, like... Well, they literally say he must be destroyed. Let's put him in this tank and suffocate him. I'm like, why don't you just shoot him? I really, I do like the panel about the web shooters, though. Oh yeah, like shows the layout of the web shooter. I don't know what it means by safety catch on. I don't know. But I get, I get everything else. Yeah, like a safety, like if you wanted to turn it off. I don't know. Catch. But well, I don't even know. It's pointing <clears throat> the same thing as palm release button. But yeah, this really dives into kind of what his web shooters are capable of. Uh, and yeah. he's able to break free, starts a fire, uh, and then he takes the mask off and realizes the Tinkerer was an alien, and they all kind of escape and flee Earth. I love how the doctor at the end's like, I swear I saw a spaceship. I'm I'm going crazy. He's okay. more taken aback than Peter, who actually fought aliens. I will say this. This is very, very interesting. 
that in this issue, he says almost the same thing that Peter said in Homecoming. He, he's like trying to save him. So like, I'm trying to save you. That literally happens in Homecoming where he's like pulling the vulture back. Oh, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? I'm, try- I'm like, stop struggling, Tinker. I'm trying to save you. So he is trying to save the villain. Again, he's growing. You know, this, I guess this part two, like, why did he go after the Tinkerer? He actually, it was more for a heroic reason. It's a little bit more. He's like, something's going on here. Let me go check it out. And I'm going to figure what it out, what it is. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. He's, so he's not definitely... quite like, I'm a hero. I fight for the good of people. Right. But he is a little like, something's going on there. Let me go check it out. He's interested in what's going on. He's like, and then he wants to save the Tinker, even though like the guy tried to kill him. Yeah. So we see, you know, he's a good person. He's got a good heart. Right. Uh, right. He's not a bad person. The no motives are evolving a little bit. Right, exactly. But overall, I mean, I love that issue. It's a classic. I did. We f- I forgot to show, in terms of our collections, we both have issue two. So that's where... Mm-hmm. I'm a slightly flex. Cherish this comic book. Yeah, slight flex there. Well, not a flex. We don't have F- Fantasy 15. There are people with better comic book collections than us. But signed by Stan Lee. This is my cherished prized possession. Uh... My oldest Spider-Man comic book. But from there, we dive into the next issue. Which you already know this is one of my favorites. Amazing Spider-Man issue number three. Amazing. This is an iconic issue. Now, Time Jump. Issue two was published February 1963. Issue three was published April 9th, 1963. So two months later. That's not as big as Jump, but still. Now, first appearance appearance of Dr. Octopus, and this is also the first appearance of his spider signal. What was the uh, date? uh, April 9th. Yeah, because it says July on the thing. It says July, so it's always about two months off. But first appearance of Dr. Octopus, he's like my favorite Spider-Man villain. So this is just an iconic, iconic, iconic issue. First of all, this cover is probably my favorite cover out of these five. This is a great cover. I love Doc Ock's shadowed face with the tentacles yep. wrapping out and holding him. It's just awesome. I loved reading this issue. I read it today. <clears throat> I read it earlier. I love reading. I love reading this issue. I. It's a strong. It's a. It holds up. It holds up. The character of Doc Ock holds up. The issue itself. Some of the fight panels. It's good. It's good stuff. And even with Human Torch, how they include him. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And honestly. This is the first issue where we get to see him actually trying to be a hero. Because, I mean, right from the get-go, very first scene of the comic book, it's some guys robbing, is it a bank or something? They have a safe that they're stealing. It's a big safe on wheels. And he uses his spider signal to warn his enemies for some reason, and he comes in and he's thwarting crime. So we actually see him doing good for good reasons. I think I said earlier that it was issue four, where I feel like he got it. Like, mm. you kind of learn the lesson. I think it's... I'm pretty sure it's this one. Yeah. It's this one. It's yeah. a little of both. It's a little of both. Because this was... I do like... There's a panel after he catches the robbers where he's thinking and he says, like, oh, this is too easy. I've run out of enemies who can give me any real opposition. So there's still a bit of arrogance. He's like, no one can beat me. Like, I'm so strong. He seems like he's just bored at this point. He's like, I guess I'll just beat the crap out of these guys because, like, there's something else better to do. Yep. And that is where we go to Doc Ock's origin. Iconic. Which... I'm trying to like think of my words here. Obviously, in these early issues, there's really no backstory to Ock. Mm-hmm. 
whatsoever other than what we like see exactly here and i'm not exactly sure how much it's delved into later because i know he comes back in like 11 and 12 i don't know how much we get of him like later 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 yeah but i mean i'm thinking of modern day like after superior spider-man we've had a lot of character development yeah. for octavius so I, I love his character but back then it's just he's this smart scientist i love how he's called dr octopus before he becomes a villain that's pretty cool. It's almost like a mocking name. They're like, oh, he's Dr. Octopus because he has these tentacles. But as with most supervillain origin stories, it's something atomic, something with radioactive, you know. That panel, though. <clears throat> that's my favorite explosion. Panel. Yep. That's great. I was going to point out that, too. In terms of art, I'll, I guess I'll show it on the camera here. That panel with the red and black, I mean, that is just awesome. It's great. Great, great art. That's Steve Dicko at you know deserve some credit there but this is where they actually dive into why he kind of goes crazy and this is something that i think the sam raimi trilogy got right is where the accident actually like makes him go crazy it's not like otto octavius was crazy from the get-go the his, is, his brain chemistry got messed with which is obviously they don't have time for it in this issue and they weren't going to put this in the, like, the early issue but i would love to, i would love to see him a little bit before the accident to see like where exactly he was mentally before like mm -hmm. how much of it really was the explosion obviously it, it they're saying it was pretty much all of it yeah it was the you know made him go crazy and he almost immediately he's like they're trying to keep me prisoner i need to break out let me take these people hostage uh he's got no family <clears throat> yeah no it's in the hospital i think they dive into it later his parents are dead i'm pretty sure and he doesn't have a wife or anything like that um <clears throat> But yeah, so that's where he's, you know, the news is that explosion, and so Peter's hired to go take pictures of him, uh, and that's, you know, that's why he's going, is to go get pictures, but that's where he sees that he's holding them hostage. And he's like, I gotta do something about it. Yeah. But this, other than if you consider Vulture kicking him, this is the first time we see Spider-Man lose. Oh yeah, he loses, loses. He gets beat. Yeah. He gets beat, he gets thrown out the window, he loses his fight, and that is why I love Dr. Octopus and I love this comic book, because this was, I mean, if you're thinking of a kid reading this, this is the first time you go like, oh my gosh, Spider-Man got beaten, like, this guy's so strong. And Spider-Man even says, he's like, he could have killed me. And Peter does not take it well. No, I will have to say, pause before we go past this, the panel where he gets smacked is the most iconic thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. He's holding he just, him with the four legs. He just slaps him. Max him. That's, That's great. That is Dr. Octopus at his best. That just, is just incredible. Just a disrespectful slap. But he gets also, tossed out. I'm going to love his evolution of his look. Mm. Because obviously it changes quite drastically from this issue to like in the 100s. Where he's like, what? Green and yellow? Yeah. Green and yellow suit. That's going to be cool to like follow is his look change mm -hmm. he's in the the white lab coat now scrubs <clears throat> yeah scrubs yeah but doc ock's master plan is to go break into this atomic research center and just like do experiments i guess i don't really know like unwarranted like just crazy experiments just a mad scientist but he, he just wants to be unstoppable i think he just wants like all the power he's just like power hungry that's what I like about this issue. We see him lose, and then we see him take it hard. I mean, he's like, oh, I'm done being Spider-Man. I lost. I'm, you know, I can't do it anymore. Uh, until, of course, Johnny Storm comes and talks at the end. 
he gets this motivational speech and he's right by golly he's right and he gets this like motivation and I, it was so fun to me reading this because he goes up to johnny and he's like hey i wanted to thank you so much for what this meant to me and i'm just thinking of like in the future like him and johnny become best friends pretty cool and that's he's like looking up to him as his hero right now but that's where he now he gets that spark he's like oh I'm you know the that. fantastic four can do it i can do it like i can be a hero i can stop him and so he goes to stop dr octopus just for the good of it so i think that's kind of i think this okay. is the first moment we see him kind of step into his own i think there's a little bit of like he beat me though and i'm gonna uh, kind of get back at him oh, but for i think sure. it's actually that's more in the that's not like in the forefront i think it's like 50 50 where he actually wants to do the right thing mm -hmm. and he's also kind of like wants to make it up to himself that's what makes him a believable character it's subtle character detail of like he wants revenge we're in the earlier shoots like i'm gonna go take a picture of this guy and oh okay the, these people might die so i guess i'll just help them because i guess it's the right thing to do yeah this is i think this seems again it's growing and this is where we further get to see what I love about Spider-Man is how he outsmarts his villains. I mean, issue two, yeah. he created that device to you know counteract Vulture's flying. And this one, he dodges the cameras and then he goes into a chemical lab and he's like mixing chemicals to make a glue that'll fuse his legs together. I mean, you see how smart he is, really. Yeah. Um, so These I, panels are great too. These fight scenes are awesome. I, I love the fight scene with Dr. Octopus. I mean, the art is fantastic. Steve Ditko is great. Uh, and I love, this is the first time you get the iconic web to the face. Yes. <laughs> That's iconic. They did it in the movies. They've done it in a, so many comic books. He grabs all of his arms and he shoots the web in his face. And, you know, he's like, I can't see. And that's how he ultimately stops him. And Ah, oh, there, I got them off. Yeah. Okay, thank you for telling us. Yeah, he's narrating, I got my glasses off. Like, who talks like that? No one does, but it's the 60s. Also, they are throwing, <clears throat> Spider-Man throws a punch knocks him out knocks him out cool knocks him out but this... i do i do like i do like how simple like he even said that like how simple he really needed to go to get him just knock him out just knock him out yep and i love how like johnny johnny storm is like oh i'm here to stop dr octopus and spider-man's like don't worry buddy i got it i took care of it like he, he's enjoying his win but, but yeah, okay. for whatever reason, I thought this happened in issue four, but it was, you know, it's this issue. Like, it seems like this is when he really starts to get it, and it's because of Johnny Storm, yeah. not his uncle dying. Mm -hmm. Which, again, it contradicts what I feel like a lot of people think. Like, his uncle died, and he immediately gets it. He's like, oh, great. Great power comes with responsibility. Let's go fight everybody, because it's right. It's like, no, it really was the damn that's, torch. That's kind of what they did for the movies, and, I mean, right. in the comic, of course, it says great power, great responsibility. But, yeah, you kind of see him. And I think that's, you know, he looks up to the Fantastic Four. And they talk about this a lot over the years. Is like he, he looks up to them. And so that's where I think he's trying to be more of a hero because of that. Um, I do love this issue has a special bonus pin-up page at the back, yeah. which just hurts me because you know so many people probably ripped those out, put them up on their wall. I wonder if my issue has it. I should probably open this up and check. But... That's another thing. I'll say this. I know I kind of mixed it with two. I actually, the books I have, I actually read them from the book, which he was scared. I'm very careful. All right, here we go. Go go comment down below. <laughs> you shouldn't even look at my comic books that I own. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's an experience. That is like a is. true experience. It's like, it, it's wild. It's a wild thing. I did not. 
read in my phys I don't dare open these. I have read them before. I mean, I've read these at least once in you know person because you gotta. You have to, right? But I just don't dare. I'm too and scared. That's kind of why I did it is because like I did them. I did I, like six years ago. Some of these things, six five years ago, probably longer than that that I read them. It's like I don't really remember. I kind of remember it, but I don't really like remember it as much as I would like to. So I'm gonna do it now at my older age. So I probably won't. I might never. I'm gonna ever open them again. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I might get them CGC at this point, but I've done it. I've read them. Okay, relax. <laughs> I've done that. You kind of finished off too much. Right? So you're calm, but you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, really this issue, I think this is the first one that has letters written in from readers. Is it? Because it has letters. I don't know if issue two did, but I do think it's funny. They have their address. No I don't know if it's printed in the omnibus, but in here it'll have the letters and it has the it has their name and address, which is like you. No, yeah, not... it has them in the um, uh, in this too. <laughs> They're just doxing people, but straight up, Bill Ryan from Ohio. But yeah, so I thought that was fun. They have the the letters there, but all yeah, in all, the out of these five, I think three is probably my favorite one. I mean, that's just well, this will segue. So that's your favorite because out of. All these, the, the six that we are talking about today, that is your favorite read. I think three would be my favorite one. Believe it or not, segue into it. Number four, by far, I enjoyed the most. I would put that at a close second. By like by by like far, like I I was actually reading this. I was like, this is like I'm enjoying this like a lot. It's good. It's good. It's, it's really good. good. So I guess from there, yeah, we'll dive in a perfect segue. Number four, uh, published in June. June 11th, 1963. Mm -hmm. So this was, what, two months after April. So it was every other month Yeah. back then. Uh, first appearance of Sandman. Uh, first time they actually named Betty Brant. So it's kind of the first appearance of Betty. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think about this issue? I, I know you loved the read. I, I love, I mean, Sandman is such a cool villain. He's really cool. He's so creative. I mean, that's just, Stanley is so creative with all of these ideas. And all these Spider-Man villains. That's part of the reason Spider-Man is so successful is because he has so many iconic villains. Um, but this is where it actually really dives into Spider-Man being a hero. Being a hero and actually caring about everybody but himself and his aunt. Yeah. Um, and you see really how much he does care for Aunt May even more in this issue. But then also how much of a kid he is by forgetting about her. Yeah. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I mean, it starts off with, again, it starts off with kind of the same thing we saw in issue three with the spin on it. He's trying to, like, thwart some bank robbers. Oh, yeah. But they trick him. That was funny. Which is very, like, in my opinion, it's very 21st century because it's, like, that's something you would see happen if the, nowadays. Like, are you assaulting <laughs> me right now? I didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. I, I love that. He's like, oh, I'll catch him before they... Like, he learned the valuable lesson... Amateur Spider-Man. He learned the valuable lesson. You gotta wait till they do the crime to stop him. Yeah, and this is why, like, even though a lot of these issues are made for kids, and, like, you can see, like, Stanley is... It's not so in-depth in some ways. Like, he's a, he's a good story writer, and he's smart with, like, what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see that he's like, I'm gonna make this guy make a mistake. Yeah. And, like, understand that he made a mistake. Instead yeah. of, I'm just gonna have him stop some bank robbers. Well, and I loved the scene, because... <laughs> It reminds me a lot of, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming did it, where there was just some guys robbing a bank and he tries to fight him and that fight goes horribly wrong. Yeah. It's like, 
I just it's so corny and I love it. Like he goes in to stop him and then there's a panel where they're all just like police, police and he's like <laughs> he's like, Wait, guys, like you were committing a crime and then the cop comes over and he's like, What the heck is going on over here? Like it's so ridiculous and goofy. And he's and like, I, just, I need I need to like put this in the files, man. I need, to, I need to make a report about this. Yeah, and he's like, Well, I'm out of here, I guess. So he's, he's like, I need your name and your address. <laughs> he's like, Oh crap, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just put it to Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man. But this is where now they do mention the Daily Bugle. The building says Daily Bugle now. So I guess you can maybe <laughs> say it's the first appearance of the Daily Bugle. Yeah, I don't know but if it, it had been mentioned, but... The Daily Bugle and Now Magazine. He does them both. So it's both. Yeah. So Which is interesting. Uh, but this is where now he just kind of sees Sandman running and goes to fight him. I love the spider signal. He totally just ruins the element of surprise by being like, hey... Here's a signal. I'm coming to beat you up. He just turns around and he's like, "Holy Hannah, who are you?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he sees his face. He's like, "Whoa, you're ugly. What the heck?" Yeah, you got a mug on you, bro. <laughs> but then he turns to sand, and that's where it just becomes, "How do you fight this guy?" And he can turn, turn himself turn hard. Sand. You can turn him like into like rock hard sand. That's so. That's just so cool. So good. Uh, and then what I love about this is his t- mask gets ripped. So he's like, oh, no, I have to run away because I can't can't let him know who I am. So he actually runs away. The classic thing that can happen to him yeah. happens pretty early on. Again, I, love- I didn't expect it to happen so I love the panel of showing, like, what would happen if he got ousted. And it shows Aunt May, like, homeless, selling she shoelaces. Like, she looks like a goblin in that. In that, She's selling shoelaces. For 10 cents each. Yeah. Don't worry about me, Peter Darling. <clears throat> but, Just an old lady. <clears throat> but yeah, Sandman gets away, and he goes on his crime spree. He goes robs a bank while Peter has to sew up his costume. It's like, whatever will I do? And then they dive and into like, the Sandman's origin. He's like really <clears throat> bad at sewing. And it's like, how did you even make the fo- costume in the, in the first place then? I thought the same thing. He's like, oh, I don't know how to sew this mask. I was like, how did you make this entire like intricate costume then? But we'll overlook that, I guess. Sandman, he's like really powerful. Like he can just make his finger into keys. He can make himself hard. He's pretty much and like can't kill him. Mm-hmm. And before he can they make his body a V and punch <laughs> later on, they make a lot of these villains more relatable. Um, but in these early issues, there you go, do another shot. Uh, it's literally just like I'm gonna rob banks. Like I'm gonna steal the diamonds. Like they're just villains. Realistic though, and it's fun. It's goofy, but. Yeah, Aunt May is doting after Peter, making him, you know, cookies and milk. Man, I just read that panel about cookies and milk, and I am hungry now. I want some cookies. I don't want to think about it, because I, I know it. I can <clears> some <throat> I might have to get some cookies after we're done recording this. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, but Aunt May, doting after Peter. You know, lovable Aunt May. Um, but he fakes being sick. And then ultimately goes back out to fight Sandman. And I love the fight scene at the school. <laughs> it's really cool. I love how like, they, they, they foreshadow the vacuum. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's good. I like that. I love that. We, we did scoop past, yeah, JJ with the, his underwear. Right, yeah. We skipped a little bit. Plays his prank on JJ. That's a little mischievous, but he does Again. that and that's goofy. Peter Parker's kind of a little uh, rascal. He's kind of a punk. 
He's a little rascal. Yeah, you can. I mean, J, like JJ's a little unfair thinking he's a menace, but he's not really deserved. trying to soft things over. Yes, deserved, but yeah, not making his case any better. But like I said, like way earlier, like yeah, he's unlucky in some instances, but he does not make his situation better. So. He does it to himself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sandman, I love how he just charges into the room and there's a principal there and the principal is just like a total badass for no reason. Yeah. He's like, he's like, get out of here, man. I'm not bowing down to you. The, the, the principal should have his own comic book because he is the biggest hero <laughs> we've met so far. He's the most selfless character in this comic book. 100%. And my favorite thing, Sandman, he's robbing banks. He charges into this principal at the school and for some reason he's just like, hey, give me a high school degree. Give me my diploma that I deserve. Like, I didn't know that was something that criminals were trying to steal, but Spider-Man well, dashes they're trying, in. They're trying to get to the point that he's just, like, not very bright. Yeah, yeah. And even you see the way he talks. Like, I'll try to find a, a example, but the way he talks, like, coulda. But they spell it out like coulda. Yeah, yeah. Like that type of thing. It's a little bit of uh, propaganda for up. the kids. It's like, like hey, he didn't get his up. high school degree. It's shut up, but it's like S H U D D D U P or whatever. D-D-U-P, yeah. yeah, like he didn't get his college degree or his high school degree. Look at him now. He's a criminal. You know, like they kind of barely speak. <laughs> paint him that way. But the fight with him is great. I love how Spider-Man starts to outsmart him a little bit. Like he knows he's going to turn hard and his all magical spider sense warns him. So then he like grabs him and flips him instead. You can see of... Sandman's uh, mallet hands, which classic. is kind of, is very classic, but he has like so many other different tools as you know his other appearances. So that's pretty much mostly because he'll, he'll have like the ball, he'll have like I don't think I don't think of Carnage, but the spiky axe, ball. You know? Yeah, spiky ball. Carnage does the axe, yeah. He does Same the axe. He's done some things like that. The the big big hands. I guess he did the big hand in this one too. Yep, yep. The big hand. He did the. Uh, he does where he lets mouth. him go through his chest and then hardens, so That's he gets so stuck cool. in it. That is so cool. So, but cool. he uses it to his advantage to flip him over. Yeah. And knock him on his head and turn him to grain. I love in Sandman. He, I love. Yes, he is so cool. I like, underappreciate him sometimes, but he is so cool. I love that they did him in the Raimi movie. I mean, he was awesome in that movie. He's gonna be back again. He's gonna be back again in No Way Home. So this key issue is gonna go up in value for sure. Great. First yeah, Prince of Sandman, yeah. It's one issue we don't own. That we need to get. <laughs> I like how he has the screw gun and he's like, "I'm going to put this in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drill you, bro. Like this is what's <laughs> gonna happen. Like, are you scared? But it's obviously a ploy. But it's like, are you ready? Like this can go through anything. <laughs> and Sam is like, I thought we've been over this file. Like it's not gonna do nothing to me. And he outsmarts him. He gets him to turn to sand. He sucks him up Ghostbusters style into the vacuum. I guess this is before Ghostbusters. No. Yeah. Sure. Right? Well. He defeats Sandman by sucking him up. And then I love how he's like, oh, I didn't get any pictures. Let me grab this pile of sand and recreate them. Again, such a kid, dude. Not even such a kid, but such a punk. Yeah. Like, didn't, Faking didn't, photos. Didn't, um, wasn't this in Spider-Man 3? Eddie didn't, Brock did that. Yeah, this yeah. Good for, good for Grace, so I don't know why he's doing this here, you know? Yeah, just totally fakes the photos, sells them to oh, JJ. He's like, well, I mean, it just did happen a second ago, so it's just like, you know, reshooting it. But I love how JJ's out here, like, bossing the police around. He's like, you need to go in there and stop him. And then Spider-Man's like, I am here. I have Sandman in my vacuum capsule. I've defeated him. Also, Sandman, <laughs> I, I really wanted Sandman to talk through the bag. 
I was I'll waiting get for you it. next time, Spider-Man. Yeah, I was I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. A little bit upset about that. But what a way to defeat a guy made of sand. Yeah. To vacuum him up. Classic. My question is, what are they going to do with him now? It's the cop's problem now, but like I don't really know. Just keep him in the vacuum? Does he need to eat? I don't know. Is he made of sand? Does he yeah. even have a heart? I don't know. Yeah, these are the questions that need answers. Does he, have, he doesn't bleed. <clears throat> we need more details, Stanley. Give us give us the deets. Maybe in the next issue. <laughs> yeah, when does he, he comes back? 17? Yeah, 17, 17 or 18. 18 maybe. I, um, think, it's 18. I think it's 18, yeah. Um, but then we see Flash bullying him. Oh, is this the issue where... I gotta... Once you whatever you say, I... I... I think it's the next issue where he has a date with Liz. Or he was supposed to have yeah, a date yeah, with Liz. Yeah. But this issue is where Flash keeps bullying him and Peter almost snaps. He almost beats the crap out of Flash. But we see him <clears throat> calm down and say, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But again, it's kind of like, yeah, issue 18. Um, what does he say? He's like, that's not going to do anything for my image, right? Is that not kind of... No, no, okay, I'm wrong. No, he says it because he would probably kill him. Yeah, he's like, I can't beat him up. It'll hurt him. And what's important about this issue, you know, Stanley's always great at having his, like, end of issue, like, moral of the story moment. And Peter is talking to himself, and he's saying, like, am I just some crackpot wasting my time seeking fame? Like, am I just interested in adventure? Or do I want to help people? Like, why do I do this? Why don't I give the whole thing up? And I think this is him kind of realizing, like, I have a responsibility. I need to help people. Right. So I think that's like I think you that's what you were thinking of when you were thinking of issue four. That's when he kind of becomes a hero because he's like, yeah, I need to help people. Like I have this gift, I need, I need to do something good with it. It can't just go to waste. Yeah. But like I said, we see the growth through these first five issues that we read because I don't know if issue one Spider Man wouldn't have just knocked him out, like pulverized him. I mean. Yeah. He got bullied in those issues, and I guess he didn't hit him, but I guess he's getting fed up. And we can see him getting fed up. And this is... We're going a little bit into the next episode, but issue 8, I'm pretty sure, is where he actually, like, fights him. Mm. And it's kind of cool, because I don't know if Stanley at this point is thinking, like, okay, we're going to start building it up that Peter is really getting sick of this guy. Yeah. So it's boiling. Well, and speaking of continuing stories, and this is a perfect segue... Yeah. We're building up his he's getting sick of Flash. Then we yes. get to issue five where he has to save him. Yes. And I yes. love that. I mean you go from the end of issue four where he's like just about ready to beat this guy's teeth in. And then we go to issue four five. Now this one, you have this one, right? Oh, yeah, I do. Go ahead and show it off, because I am so jealous. This is I, I want this comic book so bad. Doctor Doom. What an iconic villain. What a beautiful cover. Oh, man, that just looks so good. I'm looking at the digital cover down here, and it just looks even better on the actual comic book. I mean, this actually is a pretty nice copy, too, so I'm pretty, I'm very happy to be able to own this. And yeah. like I said, I read this like an hour, two hours ago from this actual issue. It's like such an experience to read these from. It's like, it's just so cool. Now, I mean, that cover... I'd have to say three is probably my favorite cover. Out of these ones, this is my second favorite cover. I like four. Four with all the different Sandman panels is pretty sick. I just, man, I, I, I think Steve Dicko's Spider-Man looks great on this cover, and then Doctor Doom's iconic. Uh, no key issues for this one. 
I mean, it's a crossover with Doctor Doom. I do want to mention that this is technically his seventh appearance because it's in this omnibus. But he was in Strange Channel's annual with uh, with a torch. Hmm. Yep. In between four and five. Yeah, so he did have an appearance aside from this, and I know pretty soon he does appear in Avengers number 10, mm-hmm. uh, which is another comic book that I want so bad because that is an awesome, awesome comic book. But I do, yeah, I do want to – and this is – I, you know, I'm guilty of this. In the new MCU movies, and I know we've probably referenced the movies and other culture stuff a lot, um, but I said, like, I hate how he's always teaming up with people in these movies. Like, I just want a solo Spider-Man film. But I kind of have to eat my words where, like, he's barely solo in any of these issues. Yeah. Like, he's teaming up with somebody. And that continues. <clears throat> he's always a loner, but it there's always crossovers. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. He really starts to team up with them as they, he actually gets to know them, too. And I think so. that's what makes Marvel comics so – I mean, comic books, DC does it, too. But, like, the connected universe, the crossovers. Um, but that's where you see, like, a Fantastic Four villain coming over in a Spider-Man issue. Uh, now, this one was the first issue that was published monthly. So this is July uh, right? after last issue in June. So this is where their sales were good. They started to publish it monthly. Um, and this features Doctor Doom. Summary of the story, just a two-second summary. Doctor Doom wants to beat the Fantastic Four. He's like, aha, I'll get Spider-Man to team up with me. Which I think that perfectly summarizes what we were just saying about how Spider-Man is not really a hero right from the get-go. Doctor Doom straight up thinks that he will want to team up with him. Yeah. He thinks he's a villain. And I think J. Jonah Jameson is not. Because he, he's watching J. Jonah Jameson on the TV, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, this guy's a, you know, <clears throat> he's borderline <clears throat> from what I'm hearing. So maybe we can get him to cross over to the bad side. Yeah. So that's where one thing I'm noticing as I'm looking at the art here, this is where Spider-Man's costume is definitively red and blue. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm noticing that here. There's not black here. Um, But Dr. Doom somehow figures out he has Spider-Sense, and he contacts him through Spider-Sense. So weird. It's so strange. Like, I don't... That never happens in, like, the more more modern comics, right? Like... I don't think so. He uses his Spider-Sense for a lot of different things, but that's that's an application of it that we have not seen very regularly. I know Dr. Doom is a powerful guy. I don't know his full backstory, even though Dr. Doom is a great... Great character. Yeah. Um, Guess cameo appearance by your dog in the background. <laughs> well, while your dog's barking, I guess I'll continue with the summary. Um, Dr. Doom brings him in. He's like, team up with me. And Spider-Man, you know, he's like, of course not. I'm not going to do that. And they fight. And you have robots and trapdoors and all sorts of things like that. Ultimately, Spider-Man escapes. And Doctor Doom kind of just goes on with his plan. Uh, now this is where the story gets really interesting, and I love this part of the story. Flash Thompson has a Spider-Man costume, and he wants to prank Peter. That is so goofy. But didn't they mention it last issue? Like, if you ever saw Spider-Man, like they're bullying him, and they're like, if you ever saw Spider-Man, you jump out of your shoes. <clears throat> yeah, they set it up. They set it up. <clears throat> Next issue, like, we're gonna make it happen. It's like. They knew they were going to monthly. They were like, all right, let's have some carryover of stories. And so, yeah, I just love how you see him, like, creeping around the fence. And how comical is it that Dr. Doom just shows up and he's like, oh, I'm going to kidnap you. And they're, like, on other side. Other side of this fence is Peter Parker walking. And his spider sense doesn't warn him that that's happening right next to him. 
Yeah, I didn't even think about that. His spider sense can do everything except for warn him about, you know, Dr. on the other side of a fence. Yeah. Guess he was so deep in thought, but... Also, how unlucky is Flash? Talk about unlucky. That's pretty, <laughs> that's Parker timing right there. That's pretty scary, though. It is. Um, Your Flash, Doctor Doom, he's not no, he's not a good guy. But that's where now Peter has to go rescue him, and he has to kind of lie to Aunt May to get out. So he feels guilt about that, and you kind of see how much he cares about his Aunt May. Uh, but he goes to find Doctor Doom, and this is where he uses his spider sense to track him. <laughs> that's another use of spider sense that we don't see a lot nowadays, because I think they realized that was a little overpowered. Yes. It can pretty much do everything in these uh, hashtag earlier issues. Yeah. But that's where I love how he shows up and Dr. Doom's like, what? But you're my prisoner. And it's like, this guy's literally been telling you that he's not Spider-Man. Like, do you think Spider-Man's just... A also, you just, you just met him like 30 minutes ago. He obviously sounds different. Probably is a different size. You know? Come on, yeah. Dr. Doom. You're better than that. Yeah, Dr. Doom's smarter than that. Come on now. But... They have a great fight. I love the web wall, and he throws web ball. Like he starts to actually use his webs for utility. So you see yeah. Spider-Man's kind of getting more used to fighting. He's starting to learn a little bit. Yes. Because um, he, he goes toe-to-toe with Doctor Doom. I mean, that's a that's a feat. This is really an action act issue. Yeah. Like, there is a lot I think fighting. Stan even says that. Where is it? He goes, yeah. let's face it. You've struggled through one of the longest introductions you've ever read, but... We think you'll find it well worth it because now the fireworks begin. Actually, in the beginning, he's like, we're not going to, he's like, the opening captions always tell you that it's about to be the most exciting story you've ever, ever, ever written or the most dangerous menace. We're not going to tell you that, but how can you not think that? (laughs) (laughs) That's where they make it an action-packed long fight scene with Dr. Doom. Lots of different gadgets, typical Dr. Doom fight, but I love how Spider-Man actually holds his own, like he's able to fight him. Um, and kind of very, beat him in a way. He makes him run away. Very powerful foe at that. It's it's <clears throat> Doctor Doom. Nobody to spit at. Yeah, that's for sure. And ultimately, the Fantastic Four show up, and that's when Doctor Doom's like, "Oh, I got to get out of here because the five of them will kick my butt." Um, yes. And what I Scoop love, man. Shark appears. He just scattered. What I love is that Peter. Where is it? I think it's earlier. He sees that it's Flash Thompson here. Or when he finds out. He finds out earlier that it was Flash Thompson who got captured. And he has a moment where he goes, this is perfect. I don't have to deal with him anymore. He's taken He's care died. of. Him. Yeah. And that's where you see again, like he thought about beating him up last issue, this issue. He's like, perfect. Like he's gone. But then he'll his literally morals. Die. Yeah, he'll <laughs> literally die. But then his morals come through and he's like, no, I can't do that. Like, even though I hate Flash, I have to save him. Right. And that's where I think you start to see his morals come through and he's more heroic. And then, of course, Flash is, you know, lies about it and says, like, oh, I fought Doctor Doom. And, you know, Peter's just like, oh, Flash. Like, kind of a goofy little ending. We completely skipped over the whole Betty Brant date thing. Oh, he had a, he had a date with Liz. It says Betty Brant. He had a date Liz. with Liz, and then he started to crush on Betty. Right, yeah, that's why I got to So but Peter's just a ladies' man now. Such a 15-year-old. Like, he goes from one girl to the other. He's like, oh, Liz. He's like, oh, then Betty. I think she likes me. I'd like her, too. I mean, for sure. <laughs> what I think is funny is they mentioned that Peter asked out Liz off off screen, off between issues. Yes. I'm like, I would have loved to see Peter Parker ask out Liz Allen. Supposedly, he, he just wore her down. Yeah. Just wore her down. He doesn't seem like the type of guy to be like, go out with me, please. Like, asking her over and over. 
hey, sugar, you want to go out and get a pop? Like, <laughs> but then say. the weird part is, I mean, we'll get into this as we continue to read through the series, is Liz ends up kind of crushing on him. Yeah. So, but now they show kind of Betty Ray well, is interested in him, and so it's he's a ladies' man. He's like, you should stop being so mean to him. Is that this issue? Uh, one of them, yeah. One of them might have been the last one, but... But that's, I mean... Yeah. When you think so of Peter Parker's that. first girlfriend, you wouldn't think of, like... Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane, it's, you know, Liz Allen, Betty Brant. Those are those early love interests in the comics. So. It really crushes. It doesn't really go anywhere. At least I'm not sure until, obviously, Gwen Stacy. And right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, earlier in this issue, though, where she sticks up for him. I think like, so. Yeah. Being so mean. Being so tough on him. Yeah. So, even though she's pissed at him for, like, ditching her. It was kind of funny, though, after, like, he defeated Doctor Doom, like, he goes back and he's like, all right. I'm actually free tonight, so... And she's like, no, I'm going out no, with Flash. That's not happening. But overall, that's the last issue for this episode, so what are, I mean, what are your thoughts? First five issues of Spider-Man, how are you feeling A about it? A lot more um, story than I expected. Yeah. Um, if you sit down and read, you know, AF15, one through, six, or 1 through 5, you might think, oh, it's just going to be, like, mostly for kids, which it was. And there's not going to be a lot of story. There was a lot more than I expected. There is continuation issued issue, which I did not expect. Like, little little, th- little things. You yeah. know, like, the building of, like, the fighting with, with uh, Peter and Flash and all that different type of stuff. There's, like, there's a lot more of that than I expected, and it's nice. And to see his character growth, I did not expect it to be as strong either. Yeah. That actually had that included. I thought it was just mostly going to be like Spider-Man meets the Vulture, Spider-Man defeats the Vulture onto the next issue. There's a lot more in between those fights and stuff like. That. Yeah, I like how he starts to kind of he learns that he can make gadgets and he learns how to fight. He starts using his webs. Like you actually you see him taking his first baby steps as a superhero. Right, he's learning. He's not he didn't jump into it knowing everything to do and and he wasn't perfect. He's still not perfect. Issue five, he's right. still he's still running. There's still a lot of growth to go. But I think like in these first five issues, we see that arc. He goes from being an absolute amateur to issue five. He goes toe to toe with Doctor Doom. Right. So you kind of see him like over issue two and three and four. You see him get better and better every single time, and he starts mm-hmm. to learn. And then it kind of culminates in issue five, where he's you know ready to fight Doctor Doom, and that's where I think he's kind of stepped into his own, and he knows what he's doing now a little bit. Um, right. He's got a clear, clear picture, but that's a. Uh, I love the first five issues. I mean, I know as we get later on in the series, not every issue is going to be as iconic as every single one of these issues. There's still a lot of icons, um, but that's really- where we'll dive into a lot of more story, and we'll actually see that growing, you know, character and world and all of that. I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm actually excited for a lot of these villains, which I think we'll get. We will get some in the next episode mm-hmm. to return. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to think like this just went monthly and then two issues later we get a repeat villain maybe they didn't have enough time to make a new one maybe so they repeat it early. maybe like, there's not a lot of first appearances as one through five there was like a bunch of first new appearances which makes sense right but then six through ten there's like three they start to return and then you have 11 and 12 where Doc Ock comes back and I don't even think there's really any <clears throat> yeah but that's where, so if you're reading along with us, if you want to join us on the Webheads Comic Club journey, uh, the next episode, which will be next Monday, 
Uh, this will be coming out, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. This will be coming out a week from when we record this. So the next episode will be coming out on next Monday after this one comes out. Uh, we will be going over issues 6 through 10. So if you want to read along with us, go ahead and read Amazing Spider-Man 6 through 10. And we will come right back here, same spot, here on YouTube, DA Comics, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I have a question And for we'll you. go over those issues. Shoot. Before you read one through uh, six through ten, mm-hmm. which one are you most looking forward to? I am most looking forward to nine. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Let's see if it lives up. I'm gonna if I remember, I'm gonna ask you next week if it lived up to your expectation before you reread it. Cause I Electro, I love Electro. I love Electro too, <clears throat> but I'm actually really interested to reread six. I was that was I thought that first, right? And eight. Even though when I was a kid, I thought it was boring because there's not much going on other than like actual real people stuff. Yeah. Kind of excited to... to... As an adult, it might read differently. After reading the first five issues with building tension with Flash, I'm excited to read that issue. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Lizard is going to be awesome. The Return of Vulture, you know, eight, to see if it's a little more interesting as an adult. Because I I thought the same thing. I thought it was boring as a kid. Uh, And then nine with Electro and ten, the Enforcers. And the Enforcers. Yeah. So... That'll be next episode, so I'm really looking forward to this. So we're going to be doing this every single week, five issues every single week. So we're going to be getting into deep into the history of Spider-Man. So I'm really looking forward to see how the story evolves and how the, the, it gets deeper over time and these characters. And we, we will be evolving too. I'm sure we'll get better at doing these, uh, doing this as well, you know, throughout yes. the time. Yes, we will be learning as we go. We are walking and running and learning as we go along. So uh, stay tuned there. But ultimately... Uh, if you want to see the next episode, we will be premiering these every Monday on DA Comics YouTube channel. Where is it? There it is. Uh, as well as if you want updates on all of this stuff, follow me on Twitter. I try to tweet out updates on when things are coming, things like that. Uh, go subscribe to JP Creations. You haven't made a video in a while. Do you have anything? No. Do you have anything to tease for the people? Go follow my Instagram. That's where you get all your all your uh, fill of me. There's there's stuff going to be going on, on my Instagram, and that will lead into things that will be going on on the channel i got some comic things going on too in the future so I, i'm cooking right now things are cooking right now okay but they're not they're not ready to be plated that's where so things are cooking right now so go and subscribe to jp creations if you're not already go follow him on instagram be ready for when those things drop because i know we've all been waiting for a new video so that'll be coming anytime soon but until then when you need to when you need your fill of jp you can find him right here on webheads next week so uh, that's where we leave you guys. So if you enjoyed this, hit that like button. Uh, comment your thoughts down below. Did you read these five issues? What did you think? We'd love to have a discussion. We will definitely be reading comments and replying to comments. Uh, this will be premiering live, so we might even be interacting with the chat with you right now. So uh, leave your thoughts down below. Um, and we will see you guys next week on yes, Webheads. Next week, next week, we will have our gadget belts. We will have our utility belts ready to go. Yep. See you guys next week. Adios.